Welcome to the Improv Discussion and Resources Podcast. My name is Chris Griswold. Today, my guest is Shannon Stott. Shannon is the creator and director of Improv On and Off the Stage, a virtual improv studio offering virtual classes and workshops. Based in Austin, Texas, she has been performing and teaching improv since 2000. Shannon uses improv to help people connect to themselves and others both on and off the stage. Here's my conversation with Shannon. Where are you right now, by the way? I'm in Austin, Texas. Is that well, what you mean? Also well, no, I mean, garage. oh, that's your garage, right? Because the thing <laughs> is, it looks like, a, I mean, it just looks like a practice space or like a... You know, no, I, I made it that way. That is that is what it is. I it, it is my garage, but um, I, you know, the green, the green screen and mm. the um, the curtain. And then I've got on the, one of these sides, is that a mirror back like there? some like other uh, some like these panels and whatnot, just so that I can have a practice. Space. I was like, great. you know, I can turn my garage into a black box theater. I can yeah. do it. So yeah. I'm going to. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Just pushed everything to the side and covered it all up. And uh, yeah, it's good because I do a lot of I do a lot of virtual work. So um, I just and then I'm recording all the time and I just need the space and the walls and all of it. What kind of virtual work are you doing right now? Um, right now, improv. If, mm -hmm. if I'm not teaching, uh, if I'm not teaching an improv class, then uh, I I'm also doing hosting. So I have a company called Virtually Magic that does improv, excuse me, that does virtual uh, events. So we're doing a lot of hosting and a lot of, I'm doing a lot of hosting, a lot of facilitating, things like that. Oh, that's interesting. So are those corporate events? Yes. Yeah, so people who are just like corporations who have been, either they're having big things and they want it virtually, or they're having little things and they are afraid to have it virtually so they need some sort of help and direction in that in that area so oh, that's really smart doing stuff yeah it's been helpful <laughs> it's been helpful it's been fun also um how long have you been doing improv now i've been doing improv for over 20 years if we're counting we're coming up on 23 yeah i don't want to overshoot <laughs> or undershoot i think it's coming up on 23 it could be it could be 25, but it's no more than 25. Yeah, it's somewhere in there for me, too. That's great. Yeah. What, uh, it's interesting how improv changes for you as time goes on. Just for, for one or for me specifically? For everyone. I think for, yeah. Yeah, for, for any person, improv really does. The, the relationship you have with improv changes. Um, what, it is, what it means to you changes over time. What, what has improv, what does it mean to you now? So what's it what's interesting about it is that what it means to me now, like the company, so the company improv on and off the stage is all about connecting people to themselves and others. That's what that's what it is. And how do I help people do that through the lens of improv? So when I first started, it definitely was all about how do I make people laugh? <laughs> how do I, how do I use my body? How do I use my physicality? How do I use my voice? How do I play these games? Um, I started in uh, comedy sports, Richmond. And how do I do these things so that either people are laughing or that, 
or something else. I, I want this laughter reaction. Um, and then that changed to like, I want this connection. How do we do this together so that we're connecting more on stage? And then that sort of led into this idea, not even idea, just a realization. Like if you do improv enough, I'm sure you know, Chris, like if you do improv enough, you start to realize, man, this has, I I'm doing improv in my day to day. Like the things I'm learning on stage are translating into what I'm doing in my life. Isn't that interesting? And I think for some people, they're like, yeah, it's interesting. And then they move on or maybe <laughs> <Right>. they don't ever, <laughs> they don't, maybe they don't come to that because they're not there for improv or they're not there for that like transformation. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it was huge. It was a huge thing because I've traveled a lot and when I was living overseas and living in different countries, there were just things I was doing innately that I was seeing pop up in improv. So the question, what you asked was, mm -hmm. um, you know, what does it mean to me now? And it is definitely about how do I connect? How do I show people that they can have a deeper connection with themselves and a deeper connection with other people through the lens of improv? Right, right. It's the tool that you're using to achieve this. Yes, yes, well, yeah. Well, I want to ask you, um, what were those things uh, that were innate to you? That 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 really connects to me, uh, this idea that there were already things within you that you identified through improv. Yeah, so things like reading people's body language, things like mirroring. Yes. Right? Uh, things like empathy mm -hmm. really like understanding where a person is going with a story and what they need from me and what they're giving to me as as a, as gifts right mm -hmm. um listening just and not listening like oh i'm i'm hearing what you're saying but listening like what is not to what is not being said right things like mm -hmm. that and those things are they were innate I think they were groomed because of yes. travel, right? Because I I had to I had to adapt quickly when I moved. You know, when you move from the United States of America to any country, Nairobi, Kenya, mm -hmm. that's a that's a shift in culture. It's a shift in uh, in the way people are talking to other people. It's just it's a complete it's a shift in language. All of it. It's a shift, right? Mm -hmm. And I had to adapt very quickly because one, I was in high school at the time. So I was shifting in, in a pro prominent time in my life, like mm -hmm. a, like a, you know, a very, uh, a fluctuating time in my life. And I had to shift quickly so that I could adapt and, and be there anyway. So all of those things that you're, you find them in, in improv so fast in storytelling and working through scenes and, um, and being on the same page with your partners. So all that moving, that sounds like that would have been a big shock to the system. You would think so, but we d I did it for so long. Like I, I was born in, in Montgomery, Alabama. And then mm -hmm. before I was one, I was living in Yaoundé, Cameroon. So like it was, so I was like moving all, all most of my life. I don't think I can say that now, to be honest. I don't think there was a time that I was able to be like, I was able to say for most of my life, I've been moving, but I've been in Austin 
oh, seven years. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> my husband would be so mad. You don't know how long you've been here. I don't. Maybe eight years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's like it's the longest I've lived anywhere. Um, so it's very it's just an interesting thing. So that that sort of fluidity of of location has become second nature to you then, would you say? Yes. I, and it, it's it gets itchy, like because we used mm. to move every three years, two, two to three years. And so around three years, it's it's like in my body. I get mm. around three years. I start what where are we why are we still here why haven't we changed something needs to change and you you can see it in in the way I like move through the world like either I have either I move apartments I move houses I paint something you know this like I paint a giant wall or I like, I move furniture and, it's, and I I'm always like oh no I'm just doing this because this is what we do but if I really sit with myself I remember, oh, we're at a three-year mark. It's time to, mm. it's time to move. <laughs> the sense that I get of you is joy. I get a sense of joy off of you. I mean, just not just from your smile right now, but um, you know, about maybe about a year ago, you started producing videos and putting them up online, and it was just so much joy. And and it's interesting because at the time I was like, I can't really take in this joy right now. It just for me. I wasn't open to it, um, yeah. but it's always a good thing to be putting out into the universe. Uh, and I don't know how to, what does, what does joy make you think of? Um, I want I want to answer, I'm going to answer that question. And then I, but before I do, I want to talk about this very uh, vulnerable thing you let loose, right? Mm-hmm. Like this idea of being in a place where you couldn't accept or couldn't, you weren't right. ready for the joy. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, uh, <laughs> it is a vulnerable place. Good. Um, so before the pandemic, I was living in San Francisco. I had packed up my life in New York City and I'd moved to San Francisco to teach improv. Uh, I was there in the in the Bay Area for nine months and then the pandemic happened. I moved to Western Pennsylvania, where I am now, where I'm from. I'm staying at my parents' house. And I was, uh, I'm not going to say broken, (laughs) but I will say affected uh, drastically by the change in my life because I had moved with a sense of purpose and now I had no strong sense of purpose. over the past year, I, you know, I worked on a, a, a video platform for improv and that, that served to be my focus for a long time. But um, a year ago when you were making those videos, I was like, oh, Shannon, I better, I'll, 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 I'll accept this post to the improv discussion resources page and I'll, I'll check these out later, you know? And I, I, but the thing is, it was, it was never like, oh, Shannon, it was, I'm not ready to receive this right now. Does that yeah. make sense? It makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. So one of the things you were talking to me, the the question you had asked was like, mm-hmm. how do I perceive joy or right. what does joy, how does joy come out of me? Um, one of the things that I find enjoyable and that I am learning right now is to meet people where they are. And that, that, I know you did. I know that right now you are not uh, giving me feedback, but it is, it is a, 
it is a gift to hear that, right? Because mm-hmm. yes, I can, I could very often probably produce videos that have nothing but joy in them, right? Mm-hmm. But if we look at the scope of improv and what improv can do in our lives, improv isn't just about joy, right? It can it can be, it can be all about, um, it can be all about, uh, what do you call it? 185s and, you know, like fast jokes and uh, puns and wacky caricatures, right? It can be all about those things, but it can also be about this moment we're having right now where this this is a podcast you are interviewing me i am the interviewee right mm-hmm. <laughs> like and we are in our roles and there is a moment of vulnerability that you are sharing and improv teaches us to be aware of that vulnerability and to dig into it and i think a year ago for me if we had been having this exact same conversation you would have said that same thing and i would have breezed past it like mm-hmm. oh right you asked a question, you dropped this vulnerable piece, but you asked a question about joy. Let me answer that question. Yay, joy, right? But it's more important to me right now to share with people and for myself to be aware that there are other emotions at play. And so how, if people are going to see Shannon Stott doing improv, I would like them to be able to recognize like, oh, if I, if I'm looking for joy, sure. If I'm looking for fun and excitement, I can go to Shannon Stott. But if I'm looking to be vulnerable or I am looking for, to release pain or to dig deep into some pain, uh, I can still go to Shannon Stott, Mm -hmm. right? I can still go. And Shannon Stott is the representative of improv right now. Improv. I still want people to go and take improv classes and find the teacher or, or method that works for them so that they can have these conversations with themselves and be open to having conversations like this with other people. That's wonderful. I really, I no, I like that. I, part of the reason I wanted to, I wanted you to come on this podcast is that I sense that you are dangerous in the best way, right? <laughs> like you are, I knew that, I knew that you and I could be vulnerable. I knew that uh, we'd be able to connect on that level. Um, I can't imagine, I, I, I can't, I, I mean to say, I can imagine that you are a very effective improv teacher just because of this. Well, thank you. Yes, it is important. It's, I've seen so, I've learned rather so many different things about how to start classes and what people need and uh, how to let people be in a class, right? Mm-hmm. There's, I think as a young teacher, it's very easy, or even just as a teacher, it's easy to get into the mindset of this is easy. Like all we're doing is making noise. I make a noise, you make a noise. I make a noise. Come on, come on, students, like get over yourselves, right, <laughs> you know? right. make the noise, whatever it is. But we forget that people don't do those things right Mm -hmm. if you if you're not it's like let's replace the word noise make a noise Mm -hmm. with the phrase stand up for yourself right right if you're going through the world not standing up for yourself or having trouble 
speaking up for yourself? What makes you think that you're going to get into a class and suddenly zip, zap, zop, zip, zap, zop, zip, 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 zap, zap, zap. Like what makes you (laughs) those two things? If we, if we as improv teachers can really dig into what we're teaching, how what we're teaching reflects what people are living, Mm -hmm. then we can start to see like, oh, this is difficult. Like this is actually, we might be, it might be easy for us because maybe we're, you know, uh, we have innate responses to the world, right? We move through the world in a certain way. But if we can really think, oh, I see zip, zap, zop, it has many, many things about it. But it also, one of the things it has is it's about standing up for yourself. It's about speaking up. It's about hearing something and then moving through what the next thing is. Ah, I hear zip, I say zap, but I have to say it in a group of people who I don't know. That's a lot of layers. Yeah. So we can just remember those things. Yeah, we have, we have a better chance to one, keep our students and to lead them down the path of like, ah, of eye opening. I see, oh, right. I'm in this meeting right now, or I'm, yeah, sure. I'm in this meeting right now and I'm not, somebody has asked me a question and what I usually say is, uh, no, no, I don't have anything to say. But now I've taken that class and I remember zip is the question. Zap is the answer. Zop is everyone's response together, right? I can move through that right now. Shannon, do you have a question or do you have something to say in this meeting? Zip. Yes, I have something to say. Zap. Oh, it's this. I'm saying it now. Oh, that's a good thing to say in this meeting. Zop. That's it. That's what we've done. We've played the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's, it can be challenging for people to, to equate those things. Right. It's easy for you and me to say, just have fun or be confident. Right. <laughs> As if that's going to be, you know, those are both <laughs> choices. But they're not easy choices to make. They're things that you have to practice so you can make yeah. the choice easily. Yeah. And it takes all the time that we've that we've been in improv to do it, right? right. Someone said to me recently, was it? I wish I could remember the exact words, but I remember I, I said in a virtual improv class something like, we this is a safe place. Right. Uh, we want you to be vulnerable. But this is a safe space, right? This is a safe space that we want you to be vulnerable and consider everybody. Blah, 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 blah. But I use that term safe space. And somebody private messaged me and said something like, I was in another class and they used the term, blah, blah, blah. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but basically, because I don't remember what it was, but basically it was this idea, like you said, Chris, that the only the person can decide if the space is safe or not, right? right? So even if I say, this is a safe space, like the student may not feel safe because Mm -hmm. they don't know anyone. And just like you said, it's like, just be confident. This is a safe space, be confident. Like, uh, you can't put that on people. (laughs) I almost asked you a question using the the phrase safe space, but then I I questioned it for that same reason. Because you, you know, what do you do to help um, create that environment though, where, where students can dare to fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof, this is lovely. Uh, one of the things that I do and I get all sorts of rolly eyes 
uh, is at the very beginning of a class, I, I have people walk around. So we literally just walk and stretch and breathe and we bring ourselves to the, to the space, right? Mm -hmm. We try to put things that are going on outside of our lives, like leave that at the door. And, but we have a whole time together. And that, that right there is probably one of the most fundamental things that I do to create just a space that people feel comfortable in. Even if people don't like moving their bodies, right? Some people don't like moving or walk, moving through a space and stretching in front of other people. Right. The, even if they can do a little bit of it, they, one, just neurologically, it helps us to calm down. It helps us to ground ourselves. It helps us to calm our nerves. So we're not uh, thinking about a whole bunch of other things that are going on, all of that. But it also, without bringing any games or funny things, right? Zip, mm -hmm. zap, zaps or anything like that. It also puts us all on the same playing field, right? I, if I'm watching you barely able to touch your toes and I too am barely able to touch my toes, but we're not, the game is it, can you touch your toes? The game is just move your body. Then we're both winning, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So it's just, that's one, of, that's one of the big things I do. And usually, because I remember I would start classes off with name games. And I tell you what, I hate name games. Sorry, 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 name <laughs> game people. Sorry, I love you all. But I really, I'm not good at people. I'm not good at remembering people's names. And it doesn't matter how easy, quote unquote, the name game is. If you say to me, hey, we're going to play a name game. All of a sudden, like I can even just now saying it, like I can feel my heart racing. I can feel my face getting flush. I'm just like, I don't want to learn. I don't want to, what am I going to, I have to, I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to embarrass other people. It's like, yeah, meet people where they are. What is the, what is one thing that we can all sort of do? So are you then getting people in their bodies? Yeah. So we, uh, so we definitely get people in their bodies. We move around, we do these things and then we do regular stuff. It's less of a zip, zap, zap and more of uh, inverted, depending on what the thing is, but inverted improv. So let's have a conversation. I want you to go around and just talk to people. And it's really improv is so because it has such a because it has such a stigma like people are waiting for the thing that you're gonna what's the what's the thing what's the next thing and if I can win them over with regular things like go have a conversation with someone great did you do it what did you learn excellent wow all right, now go have a conversation with someone else. And then we start, and then we start saying things like, go have a conversation with that person, but you only get three words each. Oh, well, that's interesting. It's the same conversation. We're not playing a game, but we're just just have a nice conversation. Try it. You know, can you do it? And those are like things like that where you add, where you can add improv stuff into regular occurrences you know we're doing this thing we're reading a book now read every other line you know 
whatever it is. Now we're like, our brains are starting to uh, bend, meld, mm-hmm. flux, grow, expand. <laughs> There's no one can see what I'm doing with my hands. And it's, it's, if you could <laughs> it's see it. fascinating. Right. <laughs> you would know the word <laughs> I was looking for. <laughs> but uh, doing that type of thing to begin just like level one sort of right off the bat really helps people play i think mm-hmm. with all, with something that they already know and then we can start to move and then you're talking about building this safe sort of a safe space if we are all doing something that we already know then it's easier to start trusting the the, the teacher like okay oh i see what you i see what you're doing i already yeah. know how to do this thing yeah I love that. I, I working from what they already know is such a mm. important thing to say. I think um, because yeah, that then you are meeting people where they are. But mm. also with improv, I don't. I'm someone that doesn't want to see people's imaginations as much as I want to see their life experiences. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we're on the same page on that. Yeah, it's all it's all limbic system stuff. It's all lizard brain stuff. I want uh, long term memory emotion and behavior that's what i'm looking for more than anything because we can all imagine roughly the same things but our lives are so much more interesting and full of texture and meaning and value and i'd rather get that on the stage and so starting from a place like that is going to encourage that sort of Mm -hmm. material yeah it's like you it is difficult to layer that in later Yes. And ask people to pull from what they know because they, we do lean on uh, a cohesive, uh, <laughs> cohesive. We do lean on like one, one line, um, what do you call it? Imagination, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on where we're from. Who was I talking to? I was talking to Haifa Limam. Limam? She's from France. She's not from France. She lives in Paris, but she's not from there. Uh, Hey, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, but she was telling me that when she plays with her group, like anytime they go out to eat, as in on stage, anytime somebody's eating something, it's always couscous. She was saying like, it's all, it's always couscous, couscous, this couscous, that I can't, I can't get anything else. And it was funny. Cause I was like, if I could eat couscous one time on stage, I would love it. Right. Because that's, her that's her tradition that's where that's where everybody understands like the that is the food of the culture whereas over here it's like what are we eating all the time I don't know cereal bread cake I'm baking a cake yeah like you're always baking a cake on stage like when was the last time I baked a cake I don't I I I bought a cake recently but I didn't bake one (laughs) My, my point is like what can you bring from your own culture right Mm. it's so much more interesting what are you eating or on stage? Where, what, what does it look like it in your village or in your, uh, on your hood, like mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is, what does it look like? Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I, as an audience member, like seeing shows where people from a similar background or a similar cultural experience get to perform together, because that's when people really seem to feel comfortable to just bring their culture out and their personal lives on a stage. And it's completely selfish reason that I love seeing these, uh, seeing teams like this. There's a great team in New York City called Comedy People's Time, CPT Comedy People's Time. Uh-huh. 
right. And they're amazing, uh, really amazing performers. And I get a much different experience from when I see um, a team someplace else. Yeah, yeah. I, I love seeing people be on the same page. I, I also, it doesn't happen often. Uh, I say that, but how about, I haven't seen it. How about that? I okay. haven't seen it often, but um, when I do see an individual bring their culture to a stage where no one else is part of that culture is so brave and so and it shouldn't be brave Uh, i wish i hadn't Mm -hmm. said that but it shouldn't be brave but it's like you're really improvising at that point right you're giving your team a gift and they have they have to play with it Mm -hmm. and if they are good gift givers in return they will they will they will honor that that pete that that gift that you're giving them I know that it does seem scary. Uh, I mean, look, I'm I'm coming at this from, uh, you know, uh, a white guy point of view, but it, it does. When I've watched uh, somebody do that, it's because you want you want it to be received as normal, yeah. you know, and not as like, ooh, what a weird thing. And I, you know, right. even just even within the situations where I've ha- I've shared something of my life in an improv class, like how uh, because I have ADHD, sometimes I have um, arranged the books on my shelves by color Mm. so that I can pick them out easily. I've Mm -hmm. immediately had that turned into, wow, what a weird thing. And that's never how you want those things from your life to be received. Right. Yeah. And you have to keep doing it. (laughs) You have to keep putting it out there so that people can learn right so that people can learn not to ooh, what a weird thing otherwise because the thing is that like I said before we have this like is it monolithic this like shared experience that leans heavily on white male mm-hmm. experience right mm-hmm. and so we're always we're always saying the same stuff, like the same the, the same things come up, whatever those things are. And if you don't stray from that, people really think that that's what the world is like, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to comedy and improvisers, people on stage, we're supposed to be reflecting life as far as the audience you know, knows. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what art is. It's supposed to be reflecting what we see, what life actually is. Uh, and it's nice. It's nice to see it. I was, who was I? I was talking to a man who, who was like, you know, every time I'm on, I'm on stage, I'm married to a woman. Like, and I, I, I'm a gay man. Like, I don't want to be married to a woman anymore. (laughs) It's, and he, but he was also saying, you know, I don't know how to move through or put onto stage without shocking anyone a, a different narrative. It's like, man, stinks because we shouldn't be shocked by now. You shouldn't feel that way. And also it shouldn't, it shouldn't be happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather see a gay man being a gay man on stage than another Star Wars scene, you know? <laughs> I just love it. Cause like, 
I was like, Shannon, don't say Star Wars. Just don't say it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was, like, I was like, don't say Star Wars. Everyone you, says Star Wars. <laughs> if you, but it's what I was thinking. But Sorry. it's true. If you yeah. if you started improv around the same time I did, you went through a long period of Star Wars scenes. Everything was Yoda. Yes. <laughs> it's true. All of it. All of it. All and any um any like improvised blank, right? It's like mm-hmm. improvised. Return of the Jedi, improvised, <laughs> like right. just anything Star Wars. Right. Yeah, it's 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 like I said, it is a it is fine. It is in the culture, right? Mm-hmm. It is heavy and like as far as weighted in the culture. Um, but we have to realize that there are other people out there who don't know anything about Star Wars. There are lots of people who don't know anything about Star Wars. Lots. There are lots of people on this planet who don't know anything about it. And it's okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's just such a shorthand for it, a personality. And I'd rather get your mm. personality. I'd rather get I'd rather get beyond your personality. Mm-hmm. I love that word shorthand, right? Mm-hmm. Um when we when we use shorthand, when we condense something into a stereotype or uh, it's very small parts, we definitely do not get what you're looking for, which is that personality. We don't get a full character. We don't get a full story. So yeah, it's very important to me that people try to bring their full selves to the stage. And it is, it is difficult. It's, because you don't even know where sometimes where to start, right? And if you're mm-hmm. a teacher and you haven't laid a foundation where everything and anything that is part of you is available to you, mm-hmm. like to reach in, it's available right. to you. And it's also, we want to see it. If you haven't started with that, it's good. It's always hard to backtrack and say that to a, to a student. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in New York working with um, intermediate advanced students who had focus so much on comedy and being funny that it, it, it when you work with those students a lot of it is just kind of rolling back some things that they've learned that are mm-hmm. again shorthand it's just simple it's easy to do this instead of committing fully um you know it's easy to stand on the side of the pool and talk about how you would swim mm-hmm. and i just want to see how you swim i just want to see right. you get in the pool <laughs> what's your favorite what are some of your favorite <laughs> things to teach Oh, some of my favorite. Yeah. Um, mostly support group stuff. Um, Mm. when I when I work with genre, the way that I work with genre is that the sideline or the backline is the director of the show. That they are they are in control of the show. So the audience is watching the performers in the middle. They're watching the performers on stage, but it's actually everybody around them that is controlling uh the structure of the show. So I I like anything that's that's heavy on support like that. Um. I think the scariest thing is, will they like my move? Mm. You know, will this mm-hmm. be received well? And so I focus on greeting those moves warmly, you know, love the person's ch- choice more than they did. Mm-hmm. Because in life, uh, we don't get that all the time. And so why not create a more welcoming, loving space uh, to, to learn what could potentially happen right yeah what about you it it Uh, seems it seems like connection it seems like yeah it's that's it yeah it's it's connection one of the 
things I really love is to teach people to speak to each other as themselves on mm. stage. People do not like that. <laughs> they do not like it. But I often, my thought process is that the audience came to see an improvised show. Improvised means anything can happen in mm -hmm. their brains, right? And they will forgive, they will forgive you for, for speaking to each other, for clarifying things. And I would, I would much rather two people on stage clarify what it is or how they are feeling for each other or what they're looking at, whatever it is. I would much rather them say, hey, Chris, did you say that you're my son? And then for Chris to say to Shannon, no, no, I'm your father. Ah, great. And then for us to get back into our scene. Oh, interesting. Yeah, rather. And like, that's a very small, that's very mm -hmm. a, a small thing. But when it comes to communicating and being vulnerable on stage, the audience wants, to, wants that. They may not know that they want it, but they want it. And I've been in so many shows where something has gone unsaid. And usually it's something egregious, like someone has said something um, racist or someone right. has said something sexist or, 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 or usually it's egregious. And I'm always like, just, and, and what they do is they just skirt by yes. it, you know, yes. in their characters, they just move through it. And, but the, it's not lost on the audience. Right. Completely. Right? That's been <laughs> said. It has to be reacted to in some <laughs> yeah. way. It's not lost. They're not stupid. We all heard it. Everyone heard it. So instead of trying to like <laughs> scoot by it, address it. Just say like, whoa, Shannon, did you just say this racist thing? Right. So I can say, yeah, actually I did. And I'm sorry. I didn't even think to th that it was going to come out that way. And then I have the opportunity to address it, apologize, and now we can move through it. Now it's not it. It's not that thing where in the lobby when you move through, you know, all the audience is like, "And did you hear when Shannon was like, rah, 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 rah? did mm -hmm. you hear that? So weird. No one said anything. Wasn't that weird? I, that's not what you want them to leave with. So just talk to the person. That's my. That's that's one of the things I teach. Like I said, no one likes it. Some people like it, but. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, something I talk about a lot with my students is that the audience's uh, experience is different from the performer's experience and that you can speak that bluntly and that directly and the audience will just gobble it up because they want that information. They want that interaction. But, uh, but to us on stage, it can feel very clumsy. Yes, yes, it can. And, and, and it will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there are certain techniques to make to smooth it out, but it is going to feel clumsy in, I, I think you and I think the same way as far as the audience, the audience, I, I say it differently. Usually I'm saying that we are the representatives of the audience, yes. right? So if you're confused, the audience is confused. If you are yes. aghast, the audience is aghast, yes. <laughs> you know? And if you're moving through something like, man, I really don't know where this is going, or I really, did he, did he say mm -hmm. 
girl or gurgle or girdle or whatever like what did they say the audience also has that question so just clarify it for everyone and then move through move on well you when you were talking about the audience wants vulnerability you meant at that moment you meant they want the vulnerability on stage but they also want to be vulnerable themselves that's why they sit in the dark generally Um, and it's easier to laugh when you're sitting in the dark I talk about uh, sympathetic neurons or mirror neurons. Mm. Do we talk, do you, you know what I'm talking about with those, right? You watch a dancer, you can kind of feel it in your muscles. You listen Mm -hmm. to somebody singing and you can feel it in your throat. Our job on stage is to let the audience kind of sit on our shoulders and experience what our characters are experiencing, whatever we feel they're going to feel. And we get to kind of yank them between experiences, you know, let them feel different things. So I, I, yeah, I think we're definitely on the same page. We have different language to talk about Mm -hmm. it, but I, yeah, absolutely. Um, this at the end of every episode, uh, I like to recommend something to the listener. Um, and I was wondering if you have any exercises or even TV shows or anything that you could recommend that would help somebody in their improv or in their teaching. This is so simple. Okay. It's like the most simple. This is for, this is for like, if you are thinking about, oh, I want to take an improv class what's improv about this is like it's not even a game walk around Mm -hmm. (laughs) in your house or outside or whatever point to things and say out loud what they are that's it like table chair it literally the things in my uh space are phone pillow light Mm -hmm. panel light now why? Why, Shannon? That's silly. Of course, it's silly. <laughs> but this is what it does. One, it puts you, it grounds you into the moment that you're in. Okay. So in your brain automatically it focuses suddenly like, oh, is this important? This seems important because not only are you thinking about it, and that's why you need to say it out loud. Not only is it in your head, but it's coming out of your mouth. So there other thoughts can't like jump in while you're sitting there pointing it at things. So it grounds you into the moment. It is, it feels silly, right? It feels silly and uncomfortable to do that particular thing. It feels silly to you. It's going to feel silly to other people watching, whatever. And grounds you into the moment. It feels silly and anything. Oh, and it's observational, right? And it's observational. Uh, If you are literally pointing at things, especially things that you don't usually point at and see like I'm right now I see a label uh to a to a power cord like oh power cord label oh piece of I don't know what that is it's a piece of metal but I don't know what it goes to things like that uh helps helps in your improv and so this is like super basic being grounded being a little bit silly out of out of your comfort zone and uh and being observational if you've never taken an improv class those three, just doing that is going to make you feel like, oh, I'm re- I'm ready for improv. If this is basically improv, you can take level one improv. Go go do it. If you can point at things, you're learning more than you think. Yeah, I really like that. That um, I find that to, to be useful. It's also great for uh, anxiety. <gasps> it grounds you very well with anxiety, and you just look around and you you point things out. Um, it's also, uh, the opposite of an exercise that I've done before where I have people just point at things and say what they aren't. Yes. Yes. 
which I like also because it makes you it, it divorces you from the the some some idea of innate meaning in things. Oh, this can also be something else. This can be mm -hmm. you know, whatever I want. But I really like that. I, I love the grounding of that. I think it's, you know, it's like an improv. The the advice go to your environment. You know, go to your uh, look around you in the room that you're in in the scene, and that's going to provide more for you. Um, I love that. Yeah. I just think that's a, such a smart exercise. Um, what I'm going to suggest today is, uh, have you seen the Bo Burnham special Inside? No. Oh, I recommend it. I think it's a really amazing thing. Uh, over the course of the past year, Bo Burnham, who's a comedian, created a comedy special in his in this one room, and he created it's musical. Um, it's really, really, really amazing, and it it's it's speaks to the sort of loneliness and isolation and weirdness of the past year or so. Um, but he does everything, almost everything himself, you know, the cameras, lights, music, everything. Um, there's this great video uh, by Tucker Tota on YouTube, and it's called How Bo Burnham Made Inside. And he breaks down the equipment that's being used and the techniques that Bo Burnham's using over the course of the special. And I'm going to link to it in the show notes, but it's, it's how long is this? It's almost as long as the special. It's, it's 49 minutes. And he takes it step by step and says, this is what he's using. This is how he's doing this. And the special in and of itself is this masterwork in terms of what somebody can make on their own. But everybody's working virtually right now. And I think it's a really great way to understand technique for creating your own things. So I'm going, like I said, I'm going to link to the, to, to uh, how Bo Burnham made inside in the show notes, but I really recommend people check that out uh, on Netflix, uh, Bo Burnham's inside. You're the second person to recommend this to me. And the first person told me that they cried <laughs> through mm -hmm. it. They cried through it. And so, and I haven't seen it yet and I will, I will see it. Well, Shannon, I want to thank you for your time today. This has been a really fun conversation. Yeah, I've loved it. There's, we uh, obviously we've we've matched. We've matched on many on many things improv, and so thank you for having me. So that's my conversation with Shannon Stott. Find more information about her at shannonstott.com or follow her on Instagram and YouTube at Shannon Stott Improv. Improv discussion and resources, as always, is produced by me, Chris Griswold, for Thunderbolt Comedy. Virtual and in-person classes in improv and sketch comedy at thunderboltcomedy.com. Discuss this episode in the Facebook group and Discord. Links for these and everything we discussed are in the show notes. Our theme music is Earth's Assault on the Central AI by TEDx, courtesy of TEDx. You can find more of their music at tedx.bandcamp.com. See you next time on Improv Discussion and Resources. I was like, Shannon, don't say Star Wars. Just don't say it. <laughs>